Section 21 of Great Epochs in American History, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bill Mosley, Llano County, Texas, USA. Great Epochs in American History, Volume 1. Voyages of Discovery and Early Explorations, 1000 A.D. to 1682, by Francis Whiting Halsey. Section 21. Cabeza de Vaca's Journey to the Southwest, 1535 to 1536, de Vaca's own account. Castillo returned at the end of three days to the spot where he had left us, and brought five or six of the people. He told us he had found fixed dwellings of civilization, that the inhabitants lived on beans and pumpkins, and that he had seen maize. This news, the most of anything, delighted us, and for it we gave infinite thanks to our Lord. Castillo told us the Negro was coming with all the population to wait for us in the road not far off. Accordingly we left, and, having traveled a league and a half, we met the negro and the people coming to receive us. They gave us beans, many pumpkins, calabashes, blankets of cowhide, and other things. As this people and those who came with us were enemies, and spoke not each other's language, we discharged the latter, giving them what we received, and departed with the others. Six leagues from there, as the night set in, we arrived at the houses, where great festivities were made over us. We remained one day, and the next set out with these Indians. They took us to the settled habitations of others, who lived upon the same food. From that place onward was another usage. Those who knew of our approach did not come out to receive us on the road, as the others had done, but we found them in their houses, and they had made others for our reception. They were all seated with their faces turned to the wall, their heads down, the hair brought before their eyes, and their property placed in a heap in the middle of the house. From this place they began to give us many blankets of skin, and they had nothing they did not bestow. They have the finest persons of any people we saw, of the greatest activity and strength who best understood us and intelligently answered our inquiries. We called them the cow nation because most of the cattle killed are slaughtered in their neighborhood, and along up that river for over fifty leagues they destroy great numbers. They go entirely naked after the manner of the first we saw. The women are dressed with deer skin, and some few men, mostly the aged, who are incapable of fighting. The country is very populous. We asked how it was they did not plant maize. They answered that it was that they might not lose what they should put in the ground, that the rains had failed for two years in succession, and the seasons were so dry the seed had everywhere been taken by the moles, and they could not venture to plant again until after water had fallen copiously. They begged us to tell the sky to rain and to pray for it, and we said we would do so. We also desired to know whence they got the maize, and they told us from where the sun goes down. There it grew throughout the region, and the nearest was by that path. Two days being spent while we tarried, we resolved to go in search of the maize. 
We did not wish to follow the path leading to where the cattle are, because it is toward the north, and for us very circuitous, since we ever held it certain that going toward the sunset we must find what we desired. Thus we took our way and traversed all the country until coming out at the South Sea. Nor was the dread we had of the sharp hunger through which we should have to pass, as in verity we did throughout the seventeen days' journey of which the natives spoke, sufficient to hinder us. During all that time, in ascending by the river, they gave us many coverings of cowhide, but we did not eat of the fruit. Our sustenance each day was about a handful of deer suet, which we had a long time been used to saving for such trials. Thus we passed the entire journey of seventeen days. As the sun went down upon some plains that lie between chains of very great mountains, we found a people who, for the third part of the year, eat nothing but the powder of straw, and that being the season when we passed, we also had to eat of it, until reaching permanent habitations, where was abundance of maize brought together. They gave us a large quantity of grain and flour, pumpkins, beans, and shawls of cotton. With all these we loaded our guides, who went back the happiest creatures on earth. We gave thanks to God our Lord for having brought us where we had found so much food. Some houses are of earth, the rest all of cane mats. From this point we marched through more than a hundred leagues of country, and continually found settled domiciles with plenty of maize and beans. The people gave us many deer and cotton shawls better than those of New Spain, many beads and certain corals found on the South Sea, and fine turquoises that come from the north. Indeed, they gave us everything they had. To me they gave five emeralds made into arrowheads, which they use at their singing and dancing. They appeared to be very precious. I asked whence they got these, and they said the stones were brought from some lofty mountains that stand toward the north, where were populous towns and very large houses, and that they were purchased with plumes and the feathers of parrots. Among this people the women were treated with more decorum than in any part of the Indias we had visited. They wear a shirt of cotton that falls as low as the knee, and over it half-sleeves with skirts reaching to the ground, made of dressed deerskin. It opens in front, and is brought close with straps of leather. They soap this with a certain root that cleanses well, by which they are enabled to keep it becomingly. Shoes are worn. The people all came to us that we should touch and bless them, they being very urgent, which we could accomplish only with great labor, for sick and well all wished to go with a benediction. These Indians ever accompanied us until they delivered us to others, and all held full faith in our coming from heaven. While traveling, we went without food all day until night, and we ate so little as to astonish them. We never felt exhaustion, neither were we in fact at all weary, so inured were we to hardship. We possessed great influence and authority. To preserve both, we seldom talked with them. The negro was in constant conversation. He informed himself about the ways we wished to take, of the towns there were, and the matters we desired to know. 
we passed through many and dissimilar tongues. Our Lord granted us favor with the people who spoke them, for they always understood us, and we them. We questioned them, and received their answers by signs, just as if they spoke our language and we theirs. For although we knew six languages, we could not everywhere avail ourselves of them, there being a thousand differences. Throughout all these countries the people who were at war immediately made friends, that they might come to meet us and bring what they possessed. In this way we left all the land at peace, and we taught all the inhabitants by signs which they understood, that in heaven was a man we called God, who had created the sky and earth, him we worshipped and had for our master, that we did what he commanded, and from his hand came all good, and would they do as we did, all would be well with them. So ready of apprehension we found them that, could we have had the use of language by which to make ourselves perfectly understood, we should have left them all Christians. Thus much we gave them to understand the best we could, and afterward when the sun rose, they opened their hands together with loud shouting toward the heavens, and then drew them down all over their bodies. They did the same again when the sun went down. They are a people of good condition and substance, capable in any pursuit. In the town where the emeralds were presented to us, the people gave Dorantes over six hundred open hearts of deer. They ever keep a good supply of them for food, and we call the place Pueblo de los Corazones. It is the entrance into many provinces on the South Sea. They who go to look for them and do not enter there will be lost. On the coast is no maize. The inhabitants eat the powder of rush and of straw, and fish that is caught in the sea from rafts, not having canoes. With grass and straw the women cover their nudity. They are a timid and dejected people. We think that near the coast, by way of those towns through which we came, are more than a thousand leagues of inhabited country, plentiful of subsistence. Three times the year it is planted with maize and beans. Deer are of three kinds, one the size of the young steer of Spain. There are innumerable houses, such as are called bajillos, they have poison from a certain tree the size of the apple. For effect, no more is necessary than to pluck the fruit and moisten the arrow with it, or, if there be no fruit, to break a twig and with the milk do the like. The tree is abundant, and so deadly that, if the leaves be bruised and steeped in some neighboring water, the deer and other animals drinking it soon burst. We were in this town three days. A day's journey farther was another town, at which the rain fell heavily while we were there, and the river became so swollen we could not cross it, which detained us fifteen days. In this time Castillo saw the buckle of a sword-belt on the neck of an Indian, and stitched to it the nail of a horseshoe. He took them, and we asked the native what they were. He answered that they came from heaven. We questioned him further as to who had brought them thence. They all responded that certain men who wore beards like us had come from heaven and arrived at that river, bringing horses, lances, and swords, and that they had lanced two Indians. In a manner of the utmost indifference we could feign, 
we asked them what had become of those men. They answered that they had gone to sea, putting their lances beneath the water, and going themselves also under the water. Afterward, that they were seen on the surface, going toward the sunset. For this we gave many thanks to God our Lord. We had before despaired of ever hearing more of Christians. Even yet we were left in great doubt and anxiety, thinking those people were merely persons who had come by sea on discoveries. However, as we had now such exact information, we made greater speed, and as we advanced on our way, the news of the Christians continually grew. We told the natives that we were going in search of that people, to order them not to kill or make slaves of them, nor take them from their lands, nor do other injustice. Of this the Indians were very glad. We passed through many territories and found them all vacant. Their inhabitants wandered fleeing among the mountains, without daring to have houses or till the earth for fear of Christians. The sight was one of infinite pain to us, a land very fertile and beautiful, abounding in springs and streams, the hamlets deserted and burned, the people thin and weak, all fleeing or in concealment. As they did not plant, they appeased their keen hunger by eating roots and the bark of trees. We bore a share of the famine along the whole way, for poorly could these unfortunates provide for us. Themselves being so reduced, they looked as though they would willingly die. They brought shawls of those they had concealed because of the Christians, presenting them to us, and they related how the Christians at other times had come through the land, destroying and burning the towns, carrying away half the men and all the women and the boys, while those who had been able to escape were wandering about fugitives. We found them so alarmed they dared not remain anywhere. They would not, nor could they, till the earth, but preferred to die rather than live in dread of such cruel usage as they received. Although these showed themselves greatly delighted with us, we feared that on our arrival among those who held the frontier and fought against the Christians, they would treat us badly and revenge upon us the conduct of their enemies. But when God our Lord was pleased to bring us there, they began to dread and respect us, as the others had done, and even somewhat more, at which we no little wondered. Thence it may at once be seen that, to bring all these people to be Christians, and to the obedience of the imperial majesty, they must be won by kindness, which is a way certain, and no other is. They took us to a town on the edge of a range of mountains, to which the ascent is over difficult crags. We found many people there collected out of fear of the Christians. They received us well, and presented us all they had. They gave us more than two thousand backloads of maize, which we gave to the distressed and hungered beings who guided us to that place. The next day we dispatched four messengers through the country, as we were accustomed to do, that they should call together all the rest of the Indians at a town distant three days' march. We set out the day after with all the people. The tracks of the Christians and marks where they slept were continually seen. At midday we met our messengers who told us they had found no Indians, that they were roving and hiding in the forests, fleeing that the Christians might not kill nor make them slaves. 
The night before they had observed the Christians from behind trees, and discovered what they were about, carrying away many people in chains. From this spot, called the River Petuton, to the river to which Diego de Guzman came, where we heard of Christians, may be as many as eighty leagues. Thence to the town where the rains overtook us, twelve leagues, and that is twelve leagues from the South Sea. Throughout this region, wheresoever the mountains extend, we saw clear traces of gold and lead, iron, copper, and other metals. Where the settled habitations are, the climate is hot. Even in January the weather is very warm. Thence toward the meridian, the country unoccupied to the North Sea, is unhappy and sterile. There we underwent great and incredible hunger. Those who inhabit and wander over it are a race of evil inclination and most cruel customs. The people of the fixed residences and those beyond regard silver and gold with indifference, nor can they conceive of any use for them. When we saw sure signs of Christians and heard how near we were to them, we gave thanks to God our Lord for having chosen to bring us out of a captivity so melancholy and wretched. The delight we felt, let each one conjecture, when, if he shall remember the length of time we were in that country, the suffering and perils we underwent. That night I entreated my companions that one of them should go back three days' journey after the Christians who were moving about over the country, where we had given assurance of protection. Neither of them received this proposal well, excusing themselves because of weariness and exhaustion, and although either might have done better than I, being more youthful and athletic, yet seeing their unwillingness, the next morning I took the negro and eleven Indians, and following the Christians by their trail, I traveled ten leagues, passing three villages at which they had slept. The day after I overtook four of them on horseback, who were astonished at the sight of me, so strangely habited as I was, and in company with Indians. They stood staring at me a length of time, so confounded that they neither hailed me nor drew near to make an inquiry. I bade them take me to their chief. Accordingly, we went together half a league to the place where was Diego de Alcaraz, their captain. After we had conversed, he stated to me that he was completely undone. He had not been able in a long time to take any Indians. He knew not which way to turn, and his men had well begun to experience hunger and fatigue. I told him of Castillo and Dorantes, who were behind, ten leagues off, with a multitude that conducted us. He thereupon sent three cavalry to them, with fifty of the Indians who accompanied him. The negro returned to guide them, while I remained. I asked the Christians to give me a certificate of the year, month, and day I arrived there, and of the manner of my coming, which they accordingly did. From this river to the town of the Christians, named San Miguel, which the government of the province called New Galicia, are thirty leagues. End of section 21 Recording by Bill Mosley, Llano County, Texas, USA.